Guys! Guys! We're recording right now, but we don't have a topic! We got friggin' nine of them, buddy! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> this may appear to be only monkey business, but in reality, it's very serious, ladies. Zero Issues Comic Podcast! Zero Issues Comic Podcast! Anyway, peace be with you. <laughs> Bry with that, that hot youth pastor energy. Yeah. Peace be with you, and also with you, my dudes. <laughs> Jesus, how can you play basketball so well in those sandals? It's like you're walking on air and water. <laughs> Jesus is like a hovercraft. He can go on land and water. Pretty rad. And, it, and if he hits a wheel, if he hits a wall, he flips over and he just keeps going. Jesus is like the best toy there is. <laughs> First topic: famous uh, DC artist. Although he did stuff for Marvel too, DC artist and like editor. I don't know if he's editor in chief or whatever. Carmine Infantino. Um, everybody in the comics books, a great legendary kind of character. Um, he had a list apparently, uh, for when he was running DC, seven things that guarantee to sell a comic, uh, if it's on the cover, if you show it on the cover and it's like the most ridiculous list. Number one, gorillas. Number two, Jerry Lewis. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah jerry lewis riding a dinosaur because it's dinosaurs it's yeah. dinosaur lewis uh. <laughs> <laughs> dinosaurs riding him uh number three motorcycles yeah uh-huh uh-huh it's cool maybe because that was edgy in the 60s and 70s kids love know. motorcycles uh this one i find confusing four a purple background. All right. Okay. <laughs> it's like, what? I don't. I don't understand. You know what? If they're following uh, this no. list. If they're following this list too closely, you just walk into the comic shop. Every it's just a sea of purple. It's like I don't even know what's what anymore. It's a sea of purple gorillas uh, riding motorcycles, shaped like dinosaurs. I'll get to that. Uh, number five, the city in flames. Oh God. Yeah. How did this happen? Yeah. This is turning into Carmine's manifesto. (laughs) (laughs) Number six, power to the working man. What? No. The out scene Um, of the bourgeoisie. Number six, the hero crying. Yeah. (laughs) So if the the hero is weeping on the cover, Mm -hmm. it's guaranteed to sell. And number seven, the final one, a direct question to the reader. Uh, like, what is the startling secret of the seventh superhero or something like that? Mm-hmm. Why did this gorilla set fire to the city? <laughs> so, uh, in <laughs> Secret Origins, Volume 2, Number 40, which came out in May of 1989, so this is probably quite a bit after this list came out, they utilized every single one of those. Phenomenal. It was the secret origins of, like, Gorilla Grodd, Kong Gorilla, and Detective Chimp. 
but all of them are on it. And the question is, why is this chimp crying? <laughs> awesome. And uh, I, I, I choose to believe this is the best-selling comic book of all time, right? <laughs> I, I only could hope. Uh, yeah. Really, I didn't have much more beyond that. I just wrote, I was like, why? And can you think of examples? But really, like, it's... I Some of them, okay, I get it, you know, maybe in the 60s, putting gorillas, that might... That might seem more exotic or just different or whatever. See, even motorcycles at the time might be like more, oh, it's so edgy with the motorcycle. Uh, but a purple background, I just one straight color is suddenly going to make a huge <laughs> difference in sales. I mean, I like purple. So have you ever run into that situation? Uh you know that something is very popular, everybody seems to like it, everybody's talking about it, you're just not on board, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes there's always something that's, like, very big in the cultural, uh, you know. Zeitgeist. Zeitgeist, yeah, and you're just like, oh. Yeah, I watched one episode of Game of Thrones. I understand. Yes. Welcome to my life, yes. Because I'm so cool. People have been following this for, like, you know, years maybe, and then maybe you're like, maybe I'll check it out. Maybe I'll check it out. But have you ever been a latecomer to something, but then caught up. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's like using a cheat code. Like, you weren't you weren't there from the beginning. You're, you're a phony. You're a big poser. You weren't watching this show or reading this comic when everybody was like, oh, this is so good. Isn't this amazing? This, this kind of seems like Gamergate-ish here. Oh, no. No, we're, no, we're all boys. You're Listen, not a true fan. You weren't I won't into be it from the start. I won't be gatekeeping anyone here today. Cause uh, have you ever had that? Have you ever had that come up though, where like you were late to the game on something, and oh, then totally. and then you then you jumped on board, and then it's just like, yeah, I was here the whole time, I've seen it all. No, never. I'm so legit. <laughs> to quit. Hey, hey. Because we um we started watching. Me and my wife started watching uh, Attack on Titan. Okay. Which is like hugely popular anime series i mean controversial yep. i guess if depending on how you choose to interpret it i suppose yeah, I, but are you for it's, or it's, against it's, giants eating people <laughs> i'm for it uh i was for it for it before i was again it um <laughs> but uh yeah so we we started watching that like weeks ago a couple weeks ago or like i don't know how many weeks ago and uh now we're caught up to the new season that's happening and it feels interesting because this show had been kind of coming out since like 2013 or something like that. Like kind of slowly. Like yeah. there's like year gaps in between seasons, which frankly do that more. People, more more shows should do that. Just we did a season of a show. Check in with us in four years. Whatever. Like we're not, we don't need to keep the pumping out. Yeah, we won't get canceled at any point. We are on the fourth season now, which is the final season. And uh, that's it's 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 kind of interesting to to you know this thing that people have been going nuts over for years. We're just like I don't know what that is, and I don't care. And now we're just like I know everything, and I care. I'm a real fan. I'm a real boy. Yeah. How does it feel? Does it feel does it feel good, or does it feel a little impostery, or does it make a difference? It uh, I do, I couldn't care less, Kyle. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, I don't, you know what I mean? I feel like that's any, it, it, 
I, I feel like it's kind of good in a way. I kind of enjoy it because it's sort of like we've been watching it very quickly. We've been like blasting past it. And I'm like, maybe if I had to wait like three years between seasons or if or if, you know, it was like a week to week thing. And it's like, I want to see what the next episode is. Maybe I would lose my attention span. It's no good. Our, none of us have an attention span anymore. It's terrible. So uh, maybe maybe I wouldn't be enjoying it as much. Who knows? But there, there's also something to be said to, you know, when there's a gap of a year or six months or whatever, uh, it gives you time to sort of form bonds with these characters. And then you think of like, oh, I, I, you know, I, I took this six season, six year sort of trip with these characters. Is that lessened at all by being able to watch it all in one go? Yeah, I mean, like, a, I would say a little bit. We're at the point now, I think, where there's a kind of a time jump where it's like several years have passed. Oh, so like maybe Riverdale. if you literally so it's like were... Riverdale. Attack on Titan is like Riverdale. It's Got exactly it. like Riverdale. No, no, like right down to the, the giants that eat people. It's exactly like Riverdale. <laughs> These giants who are having sex with Miss Grundy. It's, uh, it's disgusting. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. But they're in really big cars. Yeah. I want to say I want to say that Attack on Titan is a lot more grounded than Riverdale, but <laughs> that this show Riverdale was a prank, right? Like this is just a prank that went on too long. Yeah, the last episode is just everybody's going, "Just kidding, gotcha." Yeah, yeah, we're all actors, and we're all titans. So I I think last lightning round I asked about. Uh, superheroes wearing underwear on the outside of their outfits because you know i'm old yeah so this is an obvious joke but my question is does superman wear two pairs of underwear or does he just have the one on the outside thoughts please i feel like i feel like uh, he I, wears... I think he's got two i think yeah. he's got two i think he's got two yeah and i'm pretty sure clark's a tidy whitey Oh, 100%. Well, if he was, if he was wearing yeah. loose boxers, you'd be able to see them through that skin-tight outfit. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Okay, follow-up question. You have to be, Follow-up yeah. question. Does Batman? Oh. Well, I mean, we, we, we saw that there was that censored uh, comic where I'm pretty sure he took the bat suit <laughs> off. I don't think there was any underpants. He's out there. I don't think there was any he's underpants. Going, he's going Batman commando. Yep. He's a, he's a weird guy. Like he grew up without parents, and like you know, he's he grew he's just, up without parents and underwear. <laughs> and underwear. Nobody ever taught. Nobody taught him how to wear underwear. No, no. Alfred was too shy. He felt awkward about it. He he. Uh, just, Alfred, just, yeah. Just just put on the pants, Master Bruce. Please. Alfred taught him which each of the seventeen forks is for, as is British custom, but. Uh, not so much when it comes to the private parts. We Not don't, we don't speak of such no. things, Master Bruce. We don't speak of such no. things. Ironic, because, you know, the underwear spoon. <laughs> you guys have an underwear spoon, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, I am going to introduce a new bit <gasps> that I am going to call Deep Cut. You can... Echo my voice if you like. I won't. I'm actually. I'm gonna raise the pitch on your voice. (laughs) Deep cut. Just like the cracking butt. This one's called deep cut. 
the the idea that like, there's always all these runs of comics that we all know some of these major story arcs, like you know X Men, Dark Phoenix Saga, and uh, I was gonna say Extinction Agenda. Why? Yeah. But there's all these stories in between, and some of them are good, some of them are bad, some of them are strange, some of them are just those weird little connecting issues that are just this odd one-off bit. Um, and that's what I'd like to talk about in Deep Cut, just finding those uh-uh. little uh, those little bits. So today, X-Men, and this is uncanny, although it doesn't actually say uncanny, so I don't know if they dropped the uncanny for a little bit, uh, issue 181. Young Dragons in Love. This is from 1984. What month? May. That comic is older than me. <laughs> wow. It's my dad. So this, and, and this is something I never really knew. This is right when uh, Secret Wars, the original Secret Wars, occurred. This is the issue where they return to Earth. Okay. Oh. Which... I, I never really knew much about it, so I just recently read this. Where Colossus um, is all like, well, see you later, baby, I'll call you, and voop. It's, it, yeah, voop, it's voop, odd voop. because there's no mention of that sort of thing. Colossus, I think, speaks twice during the whole thing. He says, da and nyat. <laughs> there is this giant, actually, the biggest uh, part is really uh, Lockheed, because... There's this, in, in Secret Wars, he, Lockheed had befriended another little dragon, and the two of them were whatever, hanging out. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden, in this issue, they're back on Earth, they're dropped in Tokyo, or in part of Japan somewhere, it's called Tokyo Storia, but it's on the edge of Tokyo, and the little dragon has become a huge dragon, and dropped them, they, they suddenly appear... And land, and they're like, what's going on? Where are we? So it's a big play off the whole idea of Japanese monsters in Japanese society and just, like, the idea of, like, there's always a Godzilla or something coming right. ashore. Um, so they they land, and they see this dragon, and there's a bunch of, like, uh, Japanese school kids that are like, quick, who, like, what what is that? Was that a dragon? Quick, look it up in your, like, monster manual. And they have a little flip book that they all look through that has like the silhouettes of different monsters to tell them which monster it's going to be. Uh, and it actually has a reference later on. When Bunch of D&D nerds. Yeah, when the military is like, wow, there's a monster here, but it's off season for monsters sort of thing. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah. Well, so they all, I mean, it's not technically racist. <laughs> what? Keep going, please. Um, so they're, they're dropped off by the dragon. Uh, this is Lockheed's love interest. Um, and this monster, this dragon, just starts destroying Tokyo. So the X-Men, like, jump into into, into gear and start to go save everybody. Uh, notably, Cyclops is not with them. They're like, where is everybody? And Cyclops is the only one missing. They have a little bit. Cyclops actually gets dropped where Madeline Pryor is. Oh. And I guess... When he originally disappeared, she was holding him. Like, they were hugging, and all of a sudden, boop, he was gone. And she's like, oh, my God, where have you been? You've been gone for a week. And he's like, hey, easy, baby. This is my life. Get used to it. I got a good feeling about this marriage. Yeah, get used to it. Yeah, exactly. It's a pretty funny story because it's, 
I, I totally forgot at this point. Um, Xavier's walking. Yeah. And talking. He, he is not. He's walking. <laughs> he's talking. Uh, he's in his yellow suit yeah. with the big black X He's on got it. a big high collar, doesn't he? Or no, maybe that's uh, just in no. my mind. Maybe he just projects that. You wanted a high collar. And Storm has her powers. She's, uh, she's Mohawk Storm, but she's got her powers. That's the best version. So they go flying through, and they're basically trying to defeat this dragon. Sunfire shows up. And of course. Tries, tries to help out, but only makes it worse. <laughs> oh, Sunfire. Who saves the day? It's Lockheed. I mean, that makes the most sense. The I little dragon. So. And, of course, he's tiny, and this big dragon who was the the dragon love interest or whatever, they ha- they show eye to eye, but, like, little tiny eye to big eye, and they're, like, yelling at each other in roaring dragon speak, and then Lockheed sends a little burst of flame out, just, like, that really does nothing, but... um causes the dragon just to fly away and i tried to look it up but i don't know if there's a mention of what happens to this dragon now there's this giant dragon on earth and (coughs) nobody's said what happens to it no idea monster island and at one point wolverine is trying to save like just japanese citizens that are getting crushed by these buildings and trying to help them pull them out of the the rubble and helps to pull this uh a mother and daughter out and the mother is is on the edge of death and is basically like uh like who my daughter who's gonna care for my daughter so logan picks up the kid and says i'll keep her safe i'll see she's raised as if she were my own you have my word and when is this kid ever seen again never Exactly. I was like, is this a real thing? And this is a real thing. This is the first appearance of Amiko Kobayashi. So Amiko goes, is given to Mariko and she raises her in the clan Yoshida until she's assassinated. To which like Wolverine just occasionally checks in, but yeah. doesn't really follow up. And then she gets put into like the adoption system because uh, Mariko never set anything up for like if I die who's going to look after this Because she's going to live forever um, sh- so she I guess he's still sending some money so he's not being a total absentee absentee yeah. dad yeah. I, I, I remember reading I think like a comic I forget which one just some random issue where I think she was involved or like was with him or something like that I'm like who the hell is this and then like I never saw that character again it was just like every now and then yep. someone remembers Every now and then Wolverine remembers. (laughs) He goes to Japan, adopts a daughter, horrifically neglects her. But I promise you, uh, Wolverine has been watching Attack on Titan since day one in the original Japanese. (laughs) He's no Johnny come lately. He's a real otaku. (laughs) All right. Have you guys heard of the card game Super Fight? I have now. Just say no. No. (laughs) So we are going to do a little mini super fight. Uh, Basically what I'm going to do, I've got uh, 10 of each thing written out. I've got 10 characters, 10 items. You're both going to give me a couple numbers. I'm going to tell you what you've got. And then you're going to fight each other. 
And you're going to argue for why your pairing should win. Okay? Yeah! So... Okay. Merc right. first. Give me a number between 1 and 10. 6. Okay, and now give me another one. 3. 6 and 3. And Bri, give me two numbers between 1 and 10. 4 and 8. Okay, so... This week, Merc, with his group of multiple men with a gun... Versus Bry's Daredevil with web shooters. Oh! <laughs> Who wins and why? Okay. Daredevil with web shooters. Multiple man with a gun. Keep in mind, keep in mind, multiple man, just one gun. <laughs> just what? Doesn't, doesn't even matter. I don't even, I barely even need the gun. I just need to multiply myself and just overwhelm Daredevil. Ah, Super easy. Just you see. jump all over them. A couple of them can die. Who cares? Or get beat up until you pin them down enough. Then I come up with a gun. Bang! Let's suppose. Dead bullseye right in the head. <laughs> oh, bullseye's there? Now he is. Watch your loved ones, Matt. <laughs> um. So, so, but I, I got Daredevil with web, web, both two web shooters, right? He's got, he's got them both. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just punch Peter in the back of the head and took him. Yeah. Yeah. So my thing or is. Or Ben, or Kane, or Gwen, or Miles. Yeah, any of them. Peter probably just left them. He forgot. Not them. Kane. <laughs> He's, uh, so, I mean, he can't see. Does his radar sense, how do you think his aim is shooting a web? I mean, he swings from his billy club. So he's got. I a, think his aim is great. I think his aim would be very good. Yeah, okay. I mean, a blind guy, he probably still uses urinals. Oh yeah, freaks people out. He could really smell the urinal cake. Though. Oh god, mm. he could taste it. Oh, he can. He can taste so, it. So yeah, Ugh. that doesn't smell like cake at all. I feel like Jamie Madrox. Uh, you know, he's gonna. He'd just start like webbing them. He'd be like just shooting webs at, at uh, the multiple men. Uh, and Jamie Madrox is, you know, he might be weirded out by that. <laughs> oh, maybe. Well, depending. But I think at the same time, Jamie would also be like, maybe I'll play off his uh, his weaknesses, and he'll start to uh, like talk about all the failures Daredevil yeah. has had, and like just na- just naming people, Karen Page. You left. Oh, look what you did! Look what you did to her! You miserable human being. Is that what a good Catholic would do? And then Daredevil would just start crying yeah. and repent. And he, then I would just punch him in the face. He web, he webs a dupe in the face and it's just like, oh no, my duplicate my dupe is allergic. You've killed him. And then yeah, he just have a breakdown. <laughs> He's allergic to spider webs. He's like, no, and then pff, done. He's like, uh, how why he can't takes I multi- gun and shoots himself or what? <laughs> Yeah, I just make him feel bad that I'd hand over the gun. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, again, fictional character. Fictional he wouldn't. Character. He wouldn't let him go yeah. through with it though, because he'd be like, "Ah, but that's a sin." You're just driving, driving uh, to complete yeah. madness. Yeah. Jamie, Jamie's not proud of himself for what he's done, but he did win. <laughs> Fair. There you go. So I got another brand new segment. Oh shoot! Just coming oh. up with stuff left, right, and Oh, shoot, hon. Uh, and it's kind of a nod to, like, cross-company stuff, cross-genre stuff. I'm calling it CrossFit This In. 
CrossFit. Listen, CrossFit. Listen. Uh, we're going to take historical, political, pop culture, celebrity figures from different realms, and I'm going to give you one of those and a comic universe, and you tell me how they fit into that comic universe. Okay. So I have a whole bunch. We won't do all of them, though. First up, Ruth Bader Ginsburg in the DC Universe. <laughs> oh. Uh, Task Force X, baby. Ah, yeah. she, she's, she's a real like, Amanda Waller type. Okay, I thought she was like gonna go out on mission. She's got like two machine guns. Just <laughs> <laughs> she's the new Deadshot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. I like that better. <laughs> You're right, and I'm wrong. <laughs> uh, Jean Claude Van Damme in Justice League, but it's particularly. Uh, like Giffen's Demetrius uh, Maguire years. Yeah, so he's vibe. That. So he's vibe. <laughs> he's absolutely vibe. Yeah, I, I can see <laughs> you it. You seem Got dead set on that. All right. Got the right. best. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. He's dancing. He's dancing with fire and ice. Oh, yeah. yeah Any uh, problem uh, at all comes up, he's going he's gonna to roundhouse kick that right out of there. And wait till his twin brother shows up. James Earl Jones in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle universe (laughs) I mean I think this one's obvious Bri you want to take it Uh, you don't have to find an existing character and say no he can just be be a new character in the universe you can make up whatever oh okay okay Okay. because I mean otherwise that is too obvious he um yeah man I don't know that's a that's a tricky one like, it's as if one of these characters just suddenly dropped into that universe. Yeah. And just... Right, like, and, and we... was was at a wildlife preserve and was splattered by a can of mutagen and became James Earl Jaguar. <laughs> there we go. You did it. Oh, man, I had nothing. Could... You did it. You did it. Or, or, or he's, he, a, or he he's be... a lion and he can project his and essence he's... up into clouds as well. Yep. He becomes the Lion King. Yes. Yeah. The only thing I had is that it's a James Earl Jones, like, Utrom suit. So you have, like, a Krang type, but it talks like James Earl Jones. <laughs> and it's just like, I'm not going to conquer anything. This is great. I have this voice. I'm having a wonderful time. Uh, and that's how that's how you defeat Krang. <laughs> Give him a James Earl Jones body. Body or voice? <laughs> yeah. Both. Last one. Uh, Bob Dylan into the Hellboy BPRD universe. Ooh. Liz is in the basement burning up the medicine. I'm on the pavement. Hellboy fight the government. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So there was that book, uh The Visitor and Why He Stayed, I think it was called. It was it was like a one shot that took place in the Hellboy universe okay. where it's this alien that you see you see like an alien corpse and then you see their ghost for like one page in I think the Conqueror Worm. And it was sort of like, well, what what is that thing, and what is the significance of it? And it was this alien that showed up uh, to sort of monitor what was going on on Earth and lived a full life. Uh, was originally sent to like to to kill infant Hellboy and decided not to, and just sort of kept tabs on it. And while it's keeping tabs, why isn't it writing some tabs? It's the best segue I could come up with. Bob Dylan's secretly an alien. Explain explain why he isn't. Yeah. 
I was just thinking like there's the tank that like they found Abe Sapien in and like there's another tank over here <laughs> and you open it and just Bob Dylan walks out. <laughs> Homo Dylanus. Yeah, yeah. Just it just comes out. He's got a guitar. He's like, "All right, time to write some songs." Like, what? Oh, the hey, f- <laughs> I have a day. I was in a tank. No explanation ever given or wanted. <laughs> and and Abe and Bob just look at each other. Yeah. Hey. hey. Yeah. <laughs> and they just... go their separate ways. It's like, what? What was that all about? You had to be there. The question I want to put to both of you, uh, have a little quick discussion about this. What separates a good single-issue comic from a bad one? Like, not a story, not a graphic novel, a single-issue floppy comic. What makes one good, and what makes one bad, and where's the difference? Yeah. Like, do you mean single-issue, as in it's not part of, like, one overarching story? I mean, it could be part of an overarching story. Oh, okay. All right. But it's, like, one... It could be anything. Oh. So you're basically just saying what what makes a good comic? What makes a good what what makes a good twenty four pages? That it can be a bunch of different things. Whether it is an like a single story that has a start and the ending, kind of like the X Men thing I was talking about. It's fun, and it depends on what you like. It's uh, uh okay. It needs to have gorillas. Yeah. Motorcycles. There we city go. on fire. Yep. Purple. Crying. Purple. Purple. Um. Yeah. Uh, like I. Th- uh, I think it needs to That's like a really vague overall. It's, it's, it's a, um, yeah, yeah. I think it needs to like naturally build on what has what has come before. I think it needs to like even like a one off story or something. It kind of does something to like tell something new about that character or like kind of deepen their you know story or connections or something like that. But but then I also think of like the first issue of Saga. There's nothing. There's no connection to anything. Yeah, it was just a great first introduction and it was like wow that told me stuff that like it's just good storytelling like everything it's oh so make it uh, good okay yeah make it a uh, good story but not trying to be uh, i think when i think when it goes bad is when you're trying to be too stylistic and it doesn't serve the story or there's too trying to jam too much into it it's like a, it becomes this amazing yeah. spider-man 3 you know <laughs> just too much going on you you give them a, you give people enough to think about, but not too much. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't you know? We ultimately you just got to be telling, you know, a nice little story or or trying to introduce something and without having it just be a gimmick, obviously. Because like you know that even like you know those one offs like oh this one's going to be whatever. It's like if it's just very gimmick based, it's uh or or just, they're just sort of like shoving this stupid new idea into something where it doesn't fit or, or I think of like the bad ones where it's just like what were they thinking why did they do that with that character like what was the point of that stuff like that where you just need to like yeah you know you need it needs it needs to be it needs to have some consistency with with the overall world and overall story you're telling and sort of even if it's like something a little wacky and out there it needs to like fit in with it like there's so many one-off and i and again, i know it doesn't have to be this but there's so many like little one-off spider-man issues where it's like one issue telling a weird thing like the commuter thing or like you, you know they had the commuter one or you have like one where he like dies basically and uh with like thanos and death and stuff like that and it's like that's a, a weird issue of spider-man but it's very like it says a lot about the character like you can, a lot of cool stuff you can do but it, you just can't break the character or break the world they live in and right in some you, have, you have to you have to play by the rules that have already been established yeah like it has to feel true 
Because too often, like, you'll have a one-off. But it's also the the idea that, like, really, when I was a kid reading any comic, like, it, it wasn't till early to mid-80s when they started doing those overreaching arc stories. Yeah, you're not looking at three issues. You're looking at 20. Yeah. It, yeah. And, and but back, like, when I was a kid, I'd pick up a story and I could just read that comic and it was just its own thing. So it's... It's different, like, when you kind of look at older comics to newer comics and how that works. And you would have great one-off stories. Or I have a collection that's, like, the greatest Batman stories ever told. And they're all, like, just one single issue of here's that story. Okay, so lots of things. Lots of things. Finally, now we know what makes a good comic. That's the only thing preventing me from <laughs> from making more comics. If anybody makes right. a bad comic from here on out, it's it's their fault for not listening to us. Yeah, jerks. So uh, there's a lot of speculation, and there has been for a while about uh, the, introducing the Fantastic Four to the Marvel movies, uh, cinematic universe, and uh, John Krasinski has been long rumored or like people thought like maybe it was him. He, I think he was up for Captain America and lost out to Chris Evans. And, you know, a lot of people speculating like, oh, he could be Reed and then his real life wife, Emily Blunt, could be Sue. And that would be kind of a cute thing to do. Um, yeah. And if they ever get divorced, it'll be fine. It's going to be fine. Yeah. Um, my quite, but then more recently, I, I've seen it more than once, but uh, I saw a Twitter post recently where it'd be like, John Krasinski, like how about uh, Glenn Howerton? To be Reed Richards, like from Always Sunny. I, I've been thi- I mean, we've we've made that joke before, uh, but yeah, he yeah yeah. But I I can't see him in any other character though. I, I just he's so ingrained in. You Sunny know what? He's pretty, I'd argue, be like, pretty good on uh, on AP Bio, uh, which is another sitcom. Yeah. That yeah. I I was just watching the the third season this past weekend because it got canceled, but then it got sort of picked up uh, on on right. Peacock and. It's a it's a similar character, but has a little more heart. Uh, he might be able mm-hmm. to do it. I feel like I feel like he's got I feel like he's got more range than he you know he he does it so well in Always Sunny like he's it's so good, but uh, I feel like he's probably got more range than he's got credit for. I listen, I'm just throwing it out there. It's just a feeling. Maybe he's got more range than John Krasinski. That's right. I said it. Let's see what happens. <laughs> Uh, so you're you're making us choose just between the two. We're not. You got to choose. You got to choose. Any pros and cons you can think of. He's got the Richard I, system. I think it's hands between the two. I I don't see Howerton at all. No. Okay. Fair. <laughs> no. No. Like it, it's zero for me just to look at him and be like, because it's it's probably because I can't divorce him from it's always right. sunny, that he's like so foul mouthed and just like like it's a great character and he's uh, he's fantastic in that show, but I just can't. Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm sort of feeling I'm sort of feeling Howerton just because, you know, he he seems like he's better at being able to be a distant, non-charming character. Uh, I mean, name name three things that uh, Krasinski's been in. Yeah, the, the Quiet office. Place, That's it. <laughs> office. I... Quiet place. And that other movie where he was. Uh... Well, and he. He played. He plays. Uh, what's his name? The Clancy character. Yeah. Tom Clancy yeah. character. Yeah. No one's watched. That. I can't believe him as a scientist. I can't either. 
No, I believe him. I believe him as like I could buy it, but I know it's not going to happen. Like, there's no way they're going to cast him as that. Yeah, because like, what is the? Well, one... I feel like he might be like, uh, what? Like, what's the one thing that that Marvel does when they're doing their casting? They don't, they don't cast whoever you expected to cast, and whoever like the fans are like, oh, push this character or like this this actor big as this. They never follow that. Well, except um, Cumberbatch. They kind of did with Cumberbatch. Maybe, cum- yeah. <laughs> Which I still think is so-so casting. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, so, but also, like, Krasinski's kind of got a pretty big profile and name, I think, considering his career. Yeah. I feel like, you know, they usually, they're going to cast somebody who's maybe kind of, you know, on the, a on, little less maybe well a rising, he could be a yeah. rising person, but maybe, like, somebody wh- who doesn't, you know, I, th- I think that's kind of what they try to do for the most part. Um, one benefit, if they did John Krasinski and they are keeping it in the family, if they had Emily Blunt, is his, uh, Emily Blunt's sister is married to Stanley Tucci, and, uh, he'd be a good puppet master, I'm just saying. Oh, I thought you were gonna put him as the thing? No, the Tucci, the Tucci, oh, the Tucci can be the thing for sure, the Tucci can be the thing also, the Tucci can be a bunch of characters, frankly. (laughs) The Tucci. We're calling him the The Tucci. The Tucci. Yeah, because he's he's a a chameleon. Oh, he could be the chameleon. Ah, that's true. (laughs) Um, but I mean, with Glenn Howerton, you could just bring over the rest of the Always Sunny cast to fill out the rest of the cast. That would uh... yeah. Again, you've got a mole man right there. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I uh, that would be. It would work. Who would be? I want, but I want Danny DeVito to be Doctor Doom. <laughs> I want Charlie Day to be Willie Lumpkin. Ah, oh, hell yeah, that'd be good. I'm trying to bring him the mail, and I go, I go up to the mail, I say, read. <laughs> There's nothing in there but a goddamn like parasol. It. <laughs> it's just just the exact same show, yeah. just in the Baxter yeah. building instead of the pub, yeah. <laughs> uh, what's his name from uh, The Walking Dead? Uh, oh, yeah. Main dude. Oh, Andrew Andy's Lincoln? Reed. Yeah. I could buy that. I could buy that. It's, uh, you know, you got to have somebody who can, like, play obsessive. I think in a, in a certain way. I, right. I don't I don't see it in Krasinski. I don't see that. I feel I think Glenn Howerton could play obsessive. Maybe oh, a different yeah. kind might be a good idea. I, I see him actually. I see him more for like Doctor Doom. Yeah, that would work too. Actually, yeah, right down to the vanity yeah. too. Right, a tiny little scratch in his face. Like I will encase myself in metal and get my revenge. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, in in my thing, well that 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 I had to flip my casting around then. So Danny DeVito has to be Reed Richards. Right. That's the only way this is perfect. working. It's perfect. He just he plays all of them. He plays all of them like Franklin too. He's like he does everybody. Yeah. I'm a child. Like, <laughs> it, you just like you have. It's really it's just the like putting the face on the other person and everything is DeVito head. Fantastic Four DeVitos. Yeah. He's just they literally glue pieces of orange foam to him to play the thing. He's just, he's kissing a mirror for love scenes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, please. Well, we did that. That's it. We did the shit out of that. We've made it. We've made it here to the final segment, the ending. (laughs) Yes. The best segment of all. Uh... I will begin. My name is Merck. You can find me at MerkAsylum.ca, M-E-R-K-A-S-Y-L-U-M.ca, Merck on Facebook, Merkanot Like Astronaut on Instagrams. Uh, yeah, that's it.
Uh, I am Bry Kotick. You can check out my comic at welcometohereafter.com. Um, I have updated at least one page in the year 2021, so we're doing, we're doing, we're doing something at some sort of pace. So uh, check that out if you choose to. Uh, and my name is Kyle Lees, and you can check my stuff out at thekylelees.com. It's your one-stop shop for Kyle Hop. I blew it. I blew it. Can I take it again? No, I can't. I'm getting a no. Okay, well, that's it then, I guess. Nope, nope, no, no. <laughs> Thanks. We'll see you next time. Thanks. See you next time. When we might have a big announcement. Ooh. We're expecting to get paid. <laughs> <gasps> uh, bye. Everything he's saying right now should be after the credits. Yes. Yes, definitely save all that. Good boy. It's okay, buddy.